Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you all today? You good? It is just, you can sit, stand, do whatever you want. There's no rules. No rules. You sit, sitting's good. I, I just want to say, it really is my honour to be uh, back at City Point. And, and uh, I was here last September, I want to say, with Pastor Joel and Pastor Savannah. And uh, the, the, the little future baby hadn't quite uh, popped on the scene. But uh, we, I just felt like from, from the moment we got here, I say we, it was just me. Uh, I'm not schizophrenic. Uh, <laughs> And neither am I. But do you know, I, in fact, we've got a schizophrenic guy in our church, and he said, can I join your church? I said, as long as all of your personalities tied. That's all. <laughs> then come as you are. So, so we, uh, we, we, got, we, got to, we got to hang out. But I, I just want to say, as for, it's, not, it's not just Chardon and, and Jasmine. It's not just uh, Joel and Sav and Mitchell and all of the guys from Pastor Mark, Pastor Lee, the whole team here are incredible, and, and when, I, when I've been able to come here, it's, it's like a dream come true. This is my job, and you get to come to City Point. Some of you, especially those that are putting this thing on, uh, basically, you can tell who's from City Point and who isn't. The ones from City Point have got bleary-eyed eyes, and they're crying. But the ones that, are, you, know, you know what I'm saying, but the, uh, the team here are, are world-class. It's a world-class church, and it's a world-known church, and so for you guys to uh, just say to a South Aussie from Modbury, uh, come preach. It's like, sure, uh, I, I will. And, and I did. So, but, but I am honoured to be here because I, lo- I love this house's past. I love what God's done here, but I love what God's going to do here. I love the fact that City Point's a, you know, every young, every young pastor and leader needs a compass. You all need a compass. And City Point is a compass uh, for life and leadership, and I'm just so honoured to be here. I was in New Zealand a f- about a few months ago, preaching for you, Scotty, and uh, Scott Burke, great youth pastor from, uh, man, legends are just scattered throughout this room. I'm nervous about who I don't know that's here, uh, but, but I will say, that what they've got going on over there is incredible, and, and, but I was preaching for them in January, and I had one night in a hotel in Auckland, Actually, I don't even think it was with you guys, but I mentioned you anyway. It was with someone. And I was staying at the Novotel by the airport. And Pastor Mark Ramsey does an Instagram, you know, just a sneaky little Insta. And he writes, uh, great to be here, but he tags his location. And I'm like, we are in the same building. So I text him. I said, hello, Pastor Mark. I'm in the same hotel as you. So I went down, just made myself comfy and joined him and Pastor Lee for a nice little lunch. Uh, I... They didn't ask me, I just joined. <laughs> so the reason Pastor Mark isn't here this morning, there's a restraining order situation and uh, I'm not allowed within 100 metres. So, I'm very glad to be here if I didn't say that. Uh, I want to I talk to you today about uh, leading and leadership ministry, leading under an open heaven. Leading under an open heaven. And, and I'll, I'll explain my idea uh, in just a minute, but I want to give some background to it. In February 1995, 
I was 13 years of age, going on 14. I'm turning 36 this year. And our church that I, that I grew up in, uh, and a church that I still call home and, and honor and love, is, is a church called Influences Church in Adelaide. One of the uh, pastors from the church, Pastor Doran's going to be here this week. I've been looking for him, but he's not around. But he's going to be here. He's a great man of God, and they're, they're our family in Adelaide, that church. And, but, but the church... Uh, that we were at at that time, they invited a guest speaker by the name of uh, Rodney Howard Brown, who's a South African who lives in America. And, and he came to a church that Sunday morning, uh, instead of, I think, like 2,000 people showing up, there was like 4,000 people that showed up. So they had to move it into the Adelaide Entertainment Center. By Thursday night, there's 8,000 people in the meeting. This was a, a full-on revival. It was a move of God. And so on that last night of these revival meetings, Thursday night, he, I'm just sitting with my father, who's a, a preacher, and he calls me out and he, say, he says, you, come here. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, lift your hands to heaven. He says, as you do, the fire of God comes on you. That's all he said. I've been saying it ever since to people. But he says, lift your hands as you do, the fire of God comes on you. So I lifted my hands, and as I did, the fire of God came on me. And I remember I hit the ground. And I mean, I hit it so hard, the catcher couldn't even get in. It was, he, caught, he, he caught me one hand, one bounce, you know. And so, so I, got, I, got, I got touched by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, in a profound way. And, and I can tell you, so for me, entering into this journey of serving God, was totally birthed in a, in a powerful God encounter. And I happen to believe, firstly, that every Christian needs to get saved, uh, to be one, uh, kind of a big deal. But we, we, need to, we need to have an upper room experience. We need to have that Pentecost experience. I, I believe we've got to have that Damascus Road experience where we just have an undeniable visitation that shifts our whole perspective. And for me, that was my Pentecost. That was my Damascus Road all uh, wrapped into one. But I got so touched by the power of God that even at a tender age of 13 years of age, I knew God had called me to bring the fire of God uh, to the world. And, and I know that that's a big call, but as Pastor Chad just said in the last session, which was awesome, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I know God's called me. I know God's called you. But, but for me, uh, I guess God's just kind of called me to do things the way that God's called me to do them. And I just do my thing. But I I'm committed to uh, seeing what God did in that moment in my life uh, reproduced in the world around and about me. Now, I want to I say this for a minute, and, and it's important that you understand why I'm talking about uh, building a, 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 a ministry, a leadership that really is uh, an op- under, under an open heaven of, of God's presence and power. Now, you don't need to turn there, but we know in Luke chapter 3, Jesus gets baptized. Uh, John the Baptist baptizes him. And, and, and uh, as he does, we, we know the story, the heavens open. I love that story because Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. God the Father speaks, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So we see all three at one time, uh, uh, the three members of the Trinity. It's a beautiful moment. But what happened in that moment is a powerful thing. Uh, the writer Luke, he says, quoting John, I saw the heavens, I saw the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon Jesus. Stephen is getting killed, is getting, they're stoning him for preaching the gospel and seeing God do supernatural things in Acts chapter 7. And he says, as, as literally rocks are bouncing off him, he looks to heaven, he says, I see the heavens opened, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. The heavens opened at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. They remained open for the ministry of Stephen. There is nothing in our Bibles that says the heavens have closed. Oh yeah, you with me? And, and so... 
I get excited about this because when we realise, oh man, I'm going to start speaking in tongues in a minute. My right leg's about to go. I, need, I, I, I tell you right now, I mean, I'm, I'm a Holy Ghost guy uh, because I know that I'm pretty useless without the Spirit of God. Moderate to below average, but when the Spirit of God gets on. And so I'm telling you all this to, uh, to, to, to sort of set this up that I have tried to cultivate in my life an awareness that I am walking under an open heaven. Now, now let me tell you, this, this open heaven is, a, is an open heaven of blessing. It's an open heaven of favor. It's an open heaven of power. It's an open heaven of anointing. It's an open heaven for God to bring resource into your life, uh, but, but not just to you, but through you for you to fulfill the call that God has for you in the name of Jesus. And I, I pray that we would be people who live uh, under an open heaven in our Leadership. And I want to give you a few convictions, I guess, or maybe uh, just things that I do to try and cultivate that in my life, in my ministry. And I pray that that absolutely touches the church uh, that my wife and I pastor in Adelaide. And I'll talk a little bit more about that all in a minute. But the first thing I want to give you today to, to live uh, with, with, with a, sense of, a sense of that open heaven of God in your life, number one, we have to, and I'll explain it, but write it down anyway before I do. Uh, I will tell you what it is before you write it down, unless you're operating through the gift of the word of knowledge. And if you're that good, uh, you preach, please. Number one, we've got to be God inside minded. Be God inside minded. Let me say that again. Be God inside minded. Aware of God on the inside of you. Some of us, we make so many decisions based on what we see. When the, the, when the best strategy and the best ideas come from God himself, God, the most creative person that has ever lived is God. Everything we do is just, our, any form of creativity now is just a fresh interpretation of the elements that God's given us anyway. And so when we, when we step into the call of God in our life, and, 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 uh, and I believe in Teams of people speaking into things and working together, but ultimately for the direction of your life, for the for the DNA of the ministry God's called you to. Uh, if we're not God inside minded, we stop being a voice and we just become an echo. We just be, you see, we, we start just being what, what we're seeing everybody else be. And I, let me tell you, I drink from every fountain you can imagine. My fountains are so eclectic that I drink from. But at the end of the day, the most important voice in my life is still the voice of God on the inside of me. Smith Wigglesworth once said, I never pray longer than 15 minutes, but I never go 15 minutes without praying. It's that sense of uninterrupted fellowship with God where he speaks, where you're just aware of that sense of God's anointing, God's guiding, God's voice in your life. God inside-minded where God begins to speak to you. And sometimes it's not like I'm walking down the road and the Lord says, why don't you turn left uh, or turn right or, or what should I wear today? God says, I'm not telling you what to wear. I'm your father, not your mother. He, he, he's not, he's not, it's not a weird thing. But it's that sense where you're guided by the peace and the presence of God where God speaks. So for me, as a leader and as a pastor, it's so important that I'm totally aware of God's voice in any situation. I've learned that sometimes you have to deal with difficult people. And I've also learned that the voice of God in those situations 
is just as powerful as your own opinion, your own ideas. I, one, one of the biggest moral failures, and I, I'm, I'm involved in the Assemblies of God in South Australia on the state executive there, and, and it's now the Australian Christian Churches and various other things. The biggest moral failure that I've ever had to deal with and, and be part of the answer to the problem came by a total random word of knowledge that God spoke to my heart. And I don't have time to get into that, but I, I've learned to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you is a valid argument. When you're facing challenge, we've got to listen to the voice of God. Number two. Number two. This, this, this is a common thing we hear all the time, but I'm just building this and we're going to go somewhere at the end of this, at the end of this message. Number two. Bless you. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> got to bless him. Num- Do you know why we say bless you? Because apparently the Germans, they believe that if you sneeze, you lost your inhibitions and demons have come in. I did three sneezes the other day, and I was by myself. I got, th- got three demons. I said, name yourself. It's like Demison. I'm like, fair enough. Hey, that's funnier than you're laughing, I think, to be honest. That was witty. That was good quality material. Number two. Number two. <laughs> oh, man, I feel the anointing of God here today. Number two. And we've heard this a million times before, but if you've got a revelation of it, you'll be happy to hear it again. If not, you'll be like, oh, I've already heard this. Listen, you've got to stay in your lane. Robert Madu's preached it. Brian Houston's preached it. Andy Stanley's preached it. I'm sure Jesus preached it. We just haven't heard the podcast yet. It's not out. It'll be on the City Point podcast in about three weeks. Pastor Mark got it from Divine Revelation and he's quoting it. So, Staying in your lane is a funny thing because I got filled with the Spirit radically at the age of 13. The night Rodney Brown prayed for me, I hit the floor and I began to speak in a language I'd never spoken before, praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Trust me, we'll get Pentecostal. Each point's a bit more Pentecostal. By the end, it's just going to be all out madness. (laughs) Point number six will have something to do with flags. So... I know, I know. But you know, as, as uh, God's blessed, uh, I don't like the term my ministry, but as God's blessed what I've been doing at church and where I've been able to travel, I've spoken all over the world. Uh, I mean, I think 30 states in the United States, I've preached all through Asia, I've preached to thousands of people. And I'm not saying that, uh, to impress people, there's people sitting in this room that have done far more than I have. But one thing that I believe has been a key factor to taking me there, uh, I definitely want to say, echo what Pastor Chad Veach just said, when he said <coughs> the level of influence you have is absolutely determined by God. But I can tell you, I've never ever shied away from the message. And, and, and I've known that there have been times where by preaching the message that I preach, it's not always the message everyone's lining up to listen to. But I've had to be cool with that and go, you know something, I know, I know. It's not. And, and do you know the funny thing is, most, my, most of my favorite preachers are preaching their message. There's nothing worse than a preacher preaching somebody else's life message rather than discovering their own. All right, give, give me 10 minutes of listening to a guy who's just dug wells in one area and wants to talk about that. Speaking of that situation. So for me, uh, 
moving in the spirit, signs and wonders, revival has been something. I haven't just started this last year. The first time I preached was in 2002. I preached at this church in a town called Robe, which is about four hours from Adelaide. It's one of those towns that's so small that the sign says, hello, uh, welcome to Robe, goodbye, thank you for coming. All on the same... So I'm preaching this Assembly of God church is four people, four people, husband and wife, a deaf guy, and a lady who I'm pretty sure did not know where she was. Because <laughs> she was having a conversation with someone, and it was not Jesus, and she was sitting by herself. So really, I knew 50% of the people there were getting it, but the husband and the wife, they were arguing with each other in the middle of the message. She elbows him. <laughs> so I was like, this church is awesome. And so I decided I'm going to go and pray and try and get these meetings going because I've got a Sunday night service to do as well and we need to see some increase. So I went down to the beach and I prayed. I said, God, would you bring in some people? Let us see a harvest, see something supernatural happen. So that night uh, we had 25 people show up because it started to rain and we were the only thing really open. Uh, And so they all just rolled into this old town hall in the middle of robes. So I preach and I'm just preaching a nice message. I'm aware that there's non-believers and I'm a new preacher. So I, I wasn't experienced as an orator uh, like I am today. <laughs> I couldn't lecture like I lecture now. And this is a lecture. And you know, that's <laughs> so dumb. So, so I'm praying, God, would you help this meeting? We've got to get something happening. 25 people show up. So I'm preaching just like this. I'm just talking, talking about the oracles of God. And there were oracles set. I'm oracling. And as I'm oracling, the Lord speaks to me. He says, David, uh, pray for them for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And I was like, they're not even saved. Uh, <laughs> At the moment, they're going to hell and you want... No, I'm not doing that. That's, that's not going to work because they haven't been to Connect Group. They've not done uh, growth tracks. <laughs> we can't just tell them about the Holy Spirit and think that God could do something. Surely, they've got, we've, got to, we've got to ease them in and massage them into it. Sometimes what people need is just a raw, full-on boom factor of heaven. I don't know why we made church so safe. It's so safe. I like church to be a bit risky. I like it when people get hurt. Pastor Joel laid hands on someone the other day. She fell out and two people got concussion. True story. That's the kind of church I want to go to. We can go to the safe church or we can go to the church where people get concussed in the Holy Ghost. Concussion. Take the concussion. For legal reasons, that may or may not be true. What church was that? I know which one it was. I'm not saying. <coughs> Cairns. So, what? So, anyway, for the two of you taking notes, stay with me. I want to share this with you. So, I said, I said, okay. I, I finally just gave in to God and I did what he said. So, I said, if you've never received your prayer language, God wants to give you a gift called the baptism of the Spirit. Just come. I'm going to pray for you. Everyone who hasn't got it, just come. So, about 15 people came. I prayed for a girl. First girl. I put my hand on her head. I said, in the name of G, I never even had time to say this. I said, in the name of G, and thump, she's out. Her friend, who had never been to church before, looks at me. She uses swearing, and she says, blankety blank, and she said, you've killed my friend. I said, I didn't kill your friend. Jesus killed your friend. Anyway prayed for all these people. They're all under the power of God speaking in tongues. I remember getting in the car on the way home, absolutely amazed at something, because in my head, I sort of think, we've sort of got to set it up. You know, you've got to 
But no, God's sovereign. And there are, there are ways to build an atmosphere for the presence of God. But we've actually got to realize that if God's anointed you, he'll step up when you step out. And so, and so, so, so I left that meeting, and as I'm driving back to Adelaide, I prayed. I said, God, four-hour drive, I said to the Lord, I said, God, I want to make a deal with you. And I know this is spooky, and, I'll, you know, just stay with me. I'm, I'm actually a Bible-believing, balanced all right, I'm not mental. But I said to God, I said, God, I want to make a deal. And uh, I felt God speak to me. He said, what is it? I'm driving my car. I said, God, I-, I will, everywhere you go, if you open a door for me to talk about revival, everywhere I go, I promise you, I'll tell people about the power of God. I ask you one thing. I felt God say, what is it? I said, God, that you would just turn up every time. And I felt God speak to me somewhere near Meningi. <laughs> I felt God speak to me. And, he, and he, sa- he says, son, you've got yourself a deal. And can I tell you something? I've traveled the world. I've preached in France. I've preached in Finland. I've preached in South Australia. Uh, that's, that's, that's it really. But, <laughs> but can I tell you, we've not had a meeting where God hasn't turned up. Sometimes he's missed opportunities to come early. But... But at the end of it, we've had breakthrough. We've seen God do supernatural things. And so I've lived determined, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I understand that sometimes you're preaching at church. It's a Sunday morning. I'm probably not going to get up and go, you, who's never been to church before, come up here. Fire! <laughs> there is a time and a place for the extremes of the things of the Spirit. And there's times and places where you're a builder and you're doing what God's called you to do. And you have to have wisdom. But at the end of the day, I never, ever, ever, ever want to water down my message so my opportunities get greater. Can I, t- can I tell you, in, in all seriousness, I've actually learned that if you stick with your lane long enough, it'll open far more opportunities long term. And, and, and I, I stand back amazed at some of the things that God's done in my life uh, by holding on to that truth. And I wish I could encourage people to do it. You might be a bit different. Different is so good. There's nothing... See, I love Judah Smith. But isn't it amazing when you get a young guy and he'll text you and say, hey, I want to preach in your church. He'll send you a clip of him preaching. And it's the message you just heard Judah Smith preach. And you think, just get your own message. It might not be as sharp. It might not be as eloquent. But just get your own flow. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you think God's saying to Judah. I want to know what God's telling you. I want to. I want to hear what God's saying to you. It might not be as sharp, you, but I want to hear what God's telling you. I don't want to hear your borrowed stuff. I just want to hear what God's saying to you. Stay in your own lane. Be yourself. You might not be a leader like Pastor Joel Ramsey. And can I say that you might not be like Pastor Charter. These two guys in many ways are completely different in the way they carry themselves. Same spirit, same passion, same anointing. But do you know, you've got two leaders who are both doing significant things under the hands of God, but totally staying in their lane, doing what God's called them to do. And that's why it's awesome to be around them. Amen. Number three. This is important. I'll probably spend the most time here and then we'll be done. Number three, you've got to rest. Sorry, sorry well, you've got to rest out. You've got to trust the anointing. Somebody say, trust the anointing. 1 John 2.27 says, but the anointing which you've received from him abides in you. 
You've received it from him. This anointing, this power. What's the anointing? It's the supernatural equipment God gives us to get the job done. The anointing is God coming upon man or coming upon human flesh, I should say, empowering them to do the things that they could never do if it wasn't for the anointing. There's things that I can do because of the anointing that I could never do without the anointing of God. It's this mysterious substance from heaven that, it, that accompanies the power of God that gets on your life and it's a, and once it, you know when it's there, you know when it's not. The anointing's a powerful thing. When that anointing gets on your life, God does supernatural things with you and will take you places you'd never even believe that you could go in God. Uh, man, man, this blesses me because he says the anointing from him abides in you. In other words, it's his, but it's in your stewardship. I'm a steward of the anointing that God has given to me. When the anointing of God is on a person, it can distinguish the person, but it should always elevate Jesus. Let me say that again. When the anointing of God comes on a person, yes, it will distinguish. It will mark the person. But the anointing should always elevate Jesus. Can I say, when you see someone that's anointed, you can tell the anointing of God is on a preacher. You'll see that on Pastor Micah Bertot and on Chad Veach, on, on any of the guys that are part of this. But at the same time, when the anointing of God's really working in someone's life, it may distinguish someone. It may mark someone. But who's going to get glory? It's going to be Jesus. No, I want to encourage you. I want the anointing, but I don't want the anointing so people think, man, Dave Hall's got something going on. I want the anointing because I want to steward that thing that when God places on my life, is going to impact people. People are going to get touched and changed by the fire of God. If you believe it, can you say amen? Psalm 23, David says, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. If your head's not anointed with oil, you're not going to have an overflowing cup. Some of us, we try to do ministry uh, without, without an overflowing cup. The key to overflowing is an anointed head. Get under the anointing of God. Get the power of God on your life. Jesus, the great anointer, let him anoint you. Be anointed by the anointer. I want the anointer anointing me to do what God's called me to do. Anointing. Anointing in Scripture. Can I take these off? Because they're not real. So... It's not true. It's just my left eye is a bit blind, but my right eye is fine. The anointing is often uh, talked about in the Bible as oil. Why do we talk about oil when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit? Because oil does things. It has characteristics that look like and feel like the power and the anointing of God. I think of oil and our use for oil in today, it does things. It prevents friction. You put, you take a car engine that has interlocking cogs. I'm no mechanic, but you got bits that move other bits and they work together and boom, here's your car. I had a Suzuki Swift for a few years. That's not a motor, that's a blender gaff tape to a toaster. And they call it a car. It's a golf buggy with a red door. But do you know, engines, one thing, the cogs work together. Do you know if I took all the oil out of my engine, I'm going to destroy something that's been engineered to work together. If you don't have the anointing as a leader, you're going to destroy the very people, relationships, connections that God's actually called you to work together with. Isn't it amazing that you can be great friends with someone in a church context, but in the real world, you would never be their friend. You're like, I would never hang out with that guy, but he's my best friend. I never would have married that person. 
Thank God for the anointing. See, that's, and that's how Donna married me. Let me tell you, the anointing helps. You can be a five out of ten, you get a bit of anointing, you're a five and a half. Five and a half, boom, I was a five. Five and a half, fire of God, what happened? Oil burns longer. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's new. If I make eye contact with someone and do it, it's a bit creepy, isn't it, Mitchell? How many love Mitchell Ramsey, by the way? Mitchell and I were having a deep conversation in Noosa a few months ago, and he had a ring on every finger. And as I'm talking, he sort of goes like this. Oh, and so I'm, I've got ADD on the best of days. I'm like, that's a lot of rings. I didn't say it. I was thinking it. He goes, you distracted. I was like, hmm. He's doing magic. If I get a wick and dip it in oil, it'll burn a hundred times longer than if I haven't dipped it. Yet, as leaders, so often the last thing we talk about these days is the anointing. But you want longevity. So we do every earthly thing we can to have longevity. We get drunk, we get on sleeping pills, we get on, we get on some kind of vice to keep us going. I don't have vices. Except designated survivor. And everything else on Netflix. But do you know, the truth is this. These vices, they're what we have when we don't have the anointing. We've got to get the, we've got, got to get the anointing back on our stuff. I want to be old doing this thing. I'm 35 now. My hips are starting to feel a bit laboured. My knees go. Change of weather, my knees are sore. I'm getting old. I've got grey hair coming through. When I get up off the couch now, I don't just get up. I'm like, when did that it just crept in? But my pastor, Andrew Evans, is 82. And I'll tell him about something God's done. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I want to be like that at 82. But that comes... Just get dipped. Just get your wick and get dipped so you burn long. Another thing oil does is it enhances flavor. I have eaten potatoes in my time. I love a good potato. But do you know something? That set was bigger than I expected it to be just then. Just a little bit, just a couple of centimeters. Slightly misjudged. Do you know potatoes? I don't mind potatoes, but can I say, if I have a choice between steamed or fried, there is no choice, is there? And if I have a choice between steamed with some parsley or fried with like some fatty kind of ranch fat, I'm taking the ranch fat. I had fries the other day that were doused in cheese and bacon with like this white ranch sauce. As I'm eating it, I could feel blockages developing in my aorta <laughs> and in my left ventricle. Let me tell you right now, I'm happy. If that's how I'm going to go, I'm, that's how I'm going to go. I, lo- I, lo- I love food, but the minute you dip it in oil, you know, bread's nice, but you get a little bit of oil, some balsamic, a little bit of dukkha, dukkha mahanda. You eat it, how? Vegemite on toast is fine, but you get a little bit of butter on that thing. Why the fat? The oil releases the flavor. Some of you, you're a five out of ten preacher at best. Maybe a six. Get some flavor of God on it. 
and do, man, you might be a five or a six, you'll be a 10, you'll get up there because it won't just be you talking, it'll be the oil talking, God speaking through you as you preach, you just, wow, God's talking to me and something comes out of your spirit and people go, man, that's fantastic. No, it's the anointing of God and you still get to live in this world of humility because you know what you are without and you know what you are with. I am an average leader. I am an average leader in my own strength. I'm an average preacher in my own strength. I'm, a, I'm an average everything, an average husband. I'm an average dad. But can I tell you, when the oil of God's on it, there's a greater grace. And, and so, so, listen, trust the anointing. You've got to trust, trust that touch of God that's upon your life. L- please listen to me, because we're in danger of losing this in the body of Christ. We are going to lose the power. We are one generation away of t- to not being Pentecostal. We, we're not t- we, the, how often it, most of our Pentecostal leaders listen to non, non-Pentecostal guys. They read non-Pentecostal authors. They're listening to non-Pentecostal preachers. They, and, and I'm not saying that that's, uh, that that's wrong because I do it. But at the end of the day, there was a time when all we talked about were the Reinhard Bonkies and the Guys are moved in the gifts of the Spirit, and, and I'm not taken away from everybody else. But let me tell you, the, the, the pressure that is on us to keep something alive for the next generation is incredibly critical. Because we do church so well. We do church so well. Do you know uh, that guy, the heavenly man, the Chinese guy that was in prison for his faith? He went to America and he preached, and he said the thing that amazed him was these big churches that could be built without God. And can I tell you, I need God. I need his presence. I need his touch. Young person, sometimes you've got to listen to, I've been around a while. I'm the old guy speaking at young adults conferences now. I used to be the young guy, but I'm the old guy now. And I'm glad to be because I can tell you, I've seen things come and I've seen them go. I've seen them come. I've seen them go. I've seen preachers come. I've seen them go. But those that have a well of anointing, they're still there. They're still going. They're still speaking and God's doing something. Just... Just agree with what I've just said in yourself and just do it and then we can move on. (laughs) Number four, maybe if a keyboard player can come. Evidently not a tall keyboard player. (laughs) Actually. This is... It's nice. Number four. Paul says in Ephesians 5, and this is my fourth thought. I do have two more, this one and the next one. So I won't, I want to pray for people. I've got 16 minutes and 11 seconds. So I'm going to decide the fifth one at the time. Ephesians 5, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. He says, be filled with the Spirit. I actually preached along these lines last time I preached at City Point. You're very good. Except you're not really playing too many different things. You're fairly consistent. That's nice. What, what key are you in? B. Can you just play a G sharp minor? <laughs> I knew. Can you play E flat? B flat? That was not good. You were, you were going so well. Can you play G? G. No, straight G, just a flat G major. 
C major. Amazing grace How sweet Oh man, hallelujah I was, Anyway Don't you hate it when the keyboard player just tries to take over and be like Look at me, I'm heaps taller than the keyboard player Can I just say, I'm being silly But you're anointed The minute he started playing, did anyone feel the rain start falling? Gee, I love piano Music from heaven there is an anointing here. I'm telling you, God's about to do something about it. Paul says, he says, be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians. And you know the kind of church he was talking to? I'm talking to Leah, so I don't need to build this. I'll just tell you, he's talking to a Pentecostal church. So, talking to a church that started in revival, started in the move of God. He's not talking to our Baptist friends. He's not talking to our Uniting Church friends. Not even talking to the Salvos. He's talking to us. INC, ACC, us who have the full gospel, us who believe in speaking in tongues and us who believe in the power of heaven and Pentecostal power. He's talking to us and he's saying to us, he's saying, hey, be filled. What does be mean? Present tense, right now. But I was, I was filled last year at conference. No, 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 no. Now, today, he's saying be continually being filled. Be filled today, right now. See, 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 where's, your, where's your water levels at, you know? I know when my water levels are high and I know when they're low. Some of us, we need to drink of heaven. We need to be refilled with that anointing and God's grace and God's power and God's spirit. Being filled with the spirit, it's recognizable to other people. And I want to encourage us. Maybe, maybe let's stand. Some things only the anointing can do. There's some things that only God's power can do. Invade an impossible situation with the power of God. I'd love it if we could lift our hands across the room for a couple of minutes and let His anointing just fill you. Just while we're on it, there is a there is a lost art. In Christianity today, and that is the art of receiving from heaven. The art of knowing how to get touched. So much teaching on the powers for a purpose. You know, sometimes the power is just for refreshing. Sometimes the power is just for you to feel God. Sometimes the anointing is about feeling God. Yet we've said it's not about feelings, it's not about feelings. But I can tell you people all through the Bible have felt God. The feeling isn't the end in itself, but some of us, we need that God awareness of God's Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.